Hallelujah. Amen. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. 745 here today is what? Uh, March the 24th, 2019. Amen. Praise God. My name is Brother Joseph. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Praise God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this tremendous opportunity, Father, to stand here in your presence, Father, and minister the words of life. Amen. I thank you, Father God, for your word, Father. The entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple glory of God. I declare, Father God, that we need you in this hour, Father God. We need your word, Father God. We need a fresh word from the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to understand your heart, Father God. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God. The children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways. He, he knew your ways, Father, because he was in your presence. And it is written in your word, Father God. Moses said, you said to Moses, you carry, if, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't pick us up, amen. We don't want to go without your presence, Father, in our lives, Father God. We don't want to be without your presence and your direction in our spirit, Father. I thank you, Lord God, for those that are partaking today, Father, and those that will partake in the future, Father. And I thank you, Lord God, again, for your precious Holy Spirit that works with us and quickens us in our hearts, Father. I thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, I was wrestling with my soul, right, because the ordinance of man says that, you know, you guys are supposed to, I'll read it to you in Romans chapter 13. And uh, the ordinance of man says that we need to be no more than 10, right, and then the social distancing thing, right? And it's not, so that's what we're doing, right? We've got a few spread out here. Because if the if the authority shows up, yeah. we're in order, right? Yeah. He didn't say you couldn't meet. He said you need to keep the ordinances. In other words, the distancing, right? Yeah. Now, the scripture says in Romans 13, 1, let every soul, okay, be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God, and the powers that be are ordained of God. All right? Verse 2, Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resist the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. Right? Mm -hmm. And every every time you see the word power here is the word exousia, which means authority. So what he's saying here is let every soul be subject unto the higher authority. For there is no authority but of God, and the authorities that be are ordained of God. Hallelujah. So we're talking about the ordinance of God, right? The scripture says in Romans 13, 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher authority, for there is no authority but of God, and the authorities that be are ordained of God. So again, I'm just relaying that because we're trying to maintain what the ordinance, right, of the, of the, of the land right now. And so I wrestle with this because I was thinking in my, in my heart, I said, well, Lord, I want to be obedient to your word, right? But then, um, but then I thought about it. I said, wait a minute. I had already committed, praise God, right? I had already told Brother Daniel, I'll be here on Tuesday. Right. That was before the ordinance. Right. So yeah. what am I going to do? Am I going to honor God or am I going to honor man? Honor God. That's right. We and have our study here tonight. That's right. right. And Psalm 15, and I'm going to read up in a very the whole book, five, chapter, five verses. Our study. We're not sure down the church. Hallelujah. It says in Psalm of David, in Psalm chapter 15, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness. Right? He that walks uprightly, and works righteousness. So what, I'd rather be right with the Lord, amen? Amen. Then mankind be upset with me, right? Amen. Because I already committed. i got to stay faithful to my word. And I, I'm going to get to that. Verse 3, he that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Reproach is the word to, to scorn out, to disgrace. In whose eyes a vile person is contempt, but, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. Right? He that swears to his own hurt. In other words, if you committed your word and it hurt you, right, to commit to that word or that you gave to somebody, you, you go with your word, with the word that you gave them. Mm. You see, you swear to your own hurt and change not. In other words, you, you maintain your word. And the scripture says that that's the individual that's going to dwell in the tabernacle in the holy hill of God. And that's what I want, the presence of God, right? I want to come in and out of the presence of God. Amen. And, and come forth and do his work, whatever he's requiring me to do. Now, brother asked me to, 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 to share and teach on obedience, right? And so... And I'm going to make some statements here. And um, 
it says, uh, the statement is, is that what is believing, right? Believing is hearing to obey. Okay? It's not just, yeah, I believe, right? Because there's a difference between, between being obedient to the word of God out of your spirit, man, versus out of the knowledge that you have in your head. You, you need to be coming forth out of your spirit. The scripture says, they said of Jesus Christ, he taught as one having authority, right? Mm -hmm. You don't have authority in your soul. Preach, brother. Preach, brother. There is no authority in the soul. You can't manipulate, you can't intimidate, you can't scream at them, right? Because you're coming forth out of your soul. Amen. That's not where authority lives. The scripture says in Genesis chapter 1 that he gave them dominion before they fell. Right? Mm -hmm. And he told them to go and create and, and multiply the earth, right? So that dominion is what Satan wants. He wants that first place in our hearts, which is which was God in our Come hearts. Come on, brother, preach, Amen. And then the other piece of that, if you see that, it says that that uh, and uh, and make let's see here, uh, multiply and replenish the earth, right? Mm. Well, what is the enemy coming after? He doesn't want the seed to be born, period. Mm. So he's killing all the babies everywhere. The first two ordinances God gave us, the enemy is always, always, always trying to get us to get tripped up and get out of order with God. Yeah. So. Believing is hearing to obey, and then the hearing that you're obeying is called hearing under, all right? How many times have you said to your children, hey, go do this or do that, right? Mm -hmm. Like the other day, there was, a, there was a hammer that they left on the, on the back of my truck, and I said, make sure y'all get that hammer. Both of them said, okay, Papa. Man, I came out the next morning, the hammer was still there. Because <laughs> wow. they didn't hear under. They just said, okay, we didn't want to hear what the other. And so the thing is, is that we're talking about the word of God here and obeying the word of God, right? So the thing is, is that when you hear under, you're coming under the authority of the word of God. That's called lordship. That's called discipleship from your part. You're being a disciplined learner, right? Mm -hmm. So 1 John 2, 27, he says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, say, but as that same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. That's 1 John 2.27. So this word abide, it's the Greek word uh, meno, M-E-N-O. All right? And it means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. Mm. So, but the anointing, the Holy Ghost, which you have received of him abideth, which means to stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy in you. You see, because the scripture says the just shall live by faith, right? Mm -hmm. You move on the word of God, right? And how does he bring that word to you? Well, I prayed that earlier a while ago, is that quicken us according to that word, for that word is true. And I'm sorry, Quicken us, Father God, according to that word. I don't remember what I prayed. <laughs> but the point is, is that he's going to breathe on that word in your spirit. The word has to abide in you for the, for the Holy Ghost to move on that word. If there is no word, then he can't breathe on it to bring life to it, which is called a rhema. Mm. He can't make it alive in your heart. You could, you could, I mean, you could learn something that you learned 20 years ago, man. And see, it's not about acquiring information so that we can have, yeah, I already learned that. It's about what is the Lord saying to you at this hour, right? That's the word that he's moving on in your heart and in your spirit, man. And so, and, and the thing is, he says, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth, okay? And truth here is talking about the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Ghost. We're not talking about just a, a, a knowledge base of information, right? There's many times when I don't even know how the Lord puts all this together, right? And uh, but I, but as I keep staying in the presence of God, eventually He'll He'll connect it all up, you know. And I didn't have to do anything but stay in God's presence. Come on now. So even as that anointing has taught you, you shall abide Mino in Him. You stay in that given place, state, relation, or expectancy in Him. And He says that you need not that He may teach you. We have to see that this is that what He's doing. He uses mankind, right? There's a scripture that says in Isaiah that whom shall He teach knowledge, right? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Those that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Mm, now, what does that mean? All right, Psalm 131 it says, 
Lord, my heart is not haughty. means I don't have my sight set too high, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in matters or things that are too great for me. But like as a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. In other words, just like a baby, when you take that bottle away, he fusses, right? Or when he wants the bottle, he fusses. Or when, he, when his diapers are dirty, he, he fusses, right? The scripture says that that's the individual that can wean his soul from complaining and fretting before the Lord. Because that's who it ultimately is in front of. Just like children, right? We've got to constantly stay on them, right? But eventually you come to that place where you don't have to be told all the time, you know, do this or do that, right? You come into maturity, in other words. So the soul of a man is, is where the conflict and the problem is in our lives and our obedience to God. Because the scripture says that Adam, that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. Right? Mm -hmm. Soul is the Greek word, Hebrew word nefesh. Okay? And so when he breathed into his nostrils, he breathed his very breath, his presence, right? Into him. And at that time, Adam had aspirations for God and had aspirations for himself. But the aspiration that he had for himself didn't offend the Father. Mm. You see that? And that's the issue that we're always wrestling with. Do I want to do my will or your will? And that's why Jesus taught us that you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. And to take up your cross means, Lord, I'm not going to make a choice outside of your word. If your word tells me this, this is what I'm going to do, regardless of how I feel. Because feeling is part of your emotions, which is your soul. We can't go off of that. And um, anyway, he, Adam didn't, didn't offend the Lord, is what I'm trying to say. And so, But the thing is, to, in our societies today, you got individuals, they're born again, spirit-filled, talking talks, and they sleep around on their wives, they smoke, they drink. You see, one side, James said that, that, that this dirty water shouldn't be coming out of our lives. It should be pure water all the time. But you see, these individuals, the scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. That individual has aspirations for himself, aspirations for God. And God can't commit to that. In, in our lives because he's unstable, right? Why would he want to build something on someone that, that, that still needs to grow up and mature? And of course, there's forgiveness in the, and there's grace to grow, right? And that's the thing is that once that word comes out and, and it ministers to your heart and the Holy Ghost deals with you, you just get right before the Lord and you start turning back to God. So again, we're talking about hearing, right? And we're going to, well, obedience. And so, so again, it's not that anybody, so God works through us to teach us, right? He's, got, he's not just out here in the sky and floating around. He's right here in your spirit, man, right? Yeah. It's spirit, soul, and body. Amen. The tabernacle's right here. Hallelujah. It's not a tabernacle made with hands. This is created of God. You're created of God, amen? amen? And we all have that place with the Father to be able to get into his presence. You know, one of the things that the scripture teaches us is that Jesus Christ was after the order of Melchizedek. Right? Melech in the Hebrew means king. Zedek means righteous. Kings of righteousness. You know, you hear that revelation of people, well, I'm a king's kid. Well, no. You're a king's kid, and if you're going to say that, well, in the kingdom of God, you're not going to act like the world, you know? And that's not how God operates, right? God's got a order. So, but then. So you're so so he says you're a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Well, as a priest, you serve one another. You serve God, you serve your brother and sister, and you serve the world, whatever they need, right? But you can't do that again if it's all about you. All right. Now the scripture says that Jesus is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So the Holy Ghost is always ministering and teaching us about Jesus Christ. Jesus said he's not going to testify of himself. He's not going to witness of himself. He's not going to glorify himself. He's only going to glorify me. Jesus. That's what the Holy Ghost does. He's not here for me. He's here to glorify God in me, but not me. That's your spirit, man, right? That's the one where, that's where the glory is at, in your spirit, man. So, in, um, Again, 1 John 2.27, that anointing that you have received of him, it's got to stay and abide in that fixed place in your life, okay? 
And if Jesus' word is abiding in your life, it will teach you all things as you are quickened in your spirit. Your spirit will bear witness to the spirit of truth. When I met Brother Daniel, amen, all I did was come forth with the word of the Lord. Right. His spirit got quickened. Right. That's how we know that we're in fellowship with one yeah, another. Come on now, yes, you yes, see? yes. It's the same thing with anybody else that I'm encountering. All right, I do is give right. God. Spirit bear witness. You see? And all of us, by the way, we have our own operations, right? First Corinthians chapter 12. I was sharing this with Brother Coffee the other night. I just want to bring it out just for a second here. In verse Corinthians 12, 1, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Right? And ignorant means you ignore because you don't think you need to go that way. Right? It doesn't mean you're dumb. It means you don't you don't think you need to go that way, so you ignore it. So he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. If you look at that word, the King James is italicized. What does that mean? It means it wasn't a part of the original text. Paul wasn't saying I'm concerning spiritual gifts because the fact of the matter is, how many words are there for the word gift in the New Testament? Nine. Nine different Greek words for the word gift in the New Testament. You better understand what you're talking about when you're talking about the gifts. And they all have a different definition. Now, he, what Paul was saying here is that now concerning Spirituals. Spiritual is, is the Greek word pneumaticos. Pneumaticos means air. It's driven by the spirit. You're being led of the spirit. He drives you. He doesn't do it with that kind of force, right? He's lightly working in your spirit, man, right? And he quickens things. He makes things alive to you. You see it and you put it all together, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to have ears to hear, right? And be obedient to that. If you're involved in your own life, you, want, you can be involved with the Lord. Mm. And it. then he says, all this, this whole chapter 12 here is talking about spirituals. Verse 4 says, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. That's the word charisma. And in Romans 12, chapter 7, 9 through 6 through 9, it teaches us about the seven charismas. And those are the graces of God. Everybody has charismas. Every one of us. Right? What am I always doing? Teaching. Right? I know that's one of my strengths. Another thing that, that I know that I have in my life is that prophecy. An individual that's, that's got uh, charisma prophecy is an individual that sees black and white. There is no gray area for him. It's either right or it's wrong. You see that? Now, there's another charisma called the charisma of mercy. Those are people that are real compassionate. Right? And if they don't sanctify that in their heart, they're giving everything away, man, in their lives. That's not what you need to be doing. You need to be obedient to your spirit. But the point is, is that charisma of prophecy and charisma of mercy have a problem. Because mercy thinks you're being too harsh. Charisma says, well, you need love. But see, that, that has to be sanctified. It can't just be, you know, unsanctified mercy, right? Anyway. Wow, you just say that again. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> it has to be sanctified. So mercy and charisma? Right. And, and well, I guess I'll go into it since Romans chapter really powerful. 12. I was only bringing this out to, to get to another point there, but it says, uh, verse 6, 12, 6. Having then charismas differing according to the charis, the grace that is given unto us, whether prophecy, let us prof prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Right? The more word in your life, the more the Holy Ghost can breathe on it, the more faith. Amen? Amen? And in that faith, you're going to be speaking and declaring all the time. Someone that's got prophetic in their lives, Christmas prophecy, is says what he sees. Amen. John the Baptist got his head cut off because of what he saw. He said. He cut his head off. You see? You got you to do this in maturity, Right? And I, you know, I, I was as growing up in the Lord. You know, I've always been, you know, real, real sharp and real, real direct. You know, and it was this charisma working in my life, and I didn't realize it like I do now. You know, but then he says, or ministry, which is the word diakonia, which is where we get the word for servant or minister. Diakonia means to serve. It's also the word where we get the word deacon from. You see, helps in governments. You have to have both. All right, elders are governments, deacons are helps. Okay? I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> so, or he that 
minister, he of diaconia, let us wait on our diaconia. He that teacheth on teaching, he that exhorteth on exhortation. There's some people that like to call you alongside. Hey, brother, I need to talk to you. You see them doing it all the time. They want to be private about the conversation. They need to talk to you about something in your life. So he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with his simplicity. So in other words, what did Jesus tell us about if you're going to give? Don't do it so everybody can see you, man. Right? Be quiet about it, man. Don't be all loud and boisterous about it. And then, um, and I've seen this, you know, in the Babylonian system, right, they give a check for $10,000, they're over there taking all the pictures for the social media. So they can get great recognition. Jesus said they have their glory. In other words, that's your moment of glory. You don't realize the Father was getting ready to honor you. Amen? Because you reap what you sow, right? And now you've blown it, man. Um, he that ruleth with diligence. Ruleth is a Greek word, proistomy. Pro is before. Istomy means stand. Pro before stand. You stand in front of. The scripture says in Timothy 3, a man um, that is, does, does not know how to rule the house of God. I mean, rule his own house, cannot rule the house of God. It's the word proistomy, rule. In other words, the man has to stand in front of his wife and his children. Right? That's the place God has given him. He brought man first, not because he's better, but because he's a God of order. You see? And the scripture says in Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman. He's talking to Satan. In other words, Satan hates the woman because he knows she can bring forth the man-child. And one of these days, not only did Jesus come in to the earth through a woman, so did we. And now we can come to that place of authority of Christ and understand our part in the kingdom of God and do damage to the kingdom of Satan, hell. Amen. So that's the word proistomy. And with diligence. Diligence means you, you get after it, man. You've been those people that you give them a task or a project, man, they just start running with it, right? And they, they get after it. They don't have any questions or problems about what they do. And then mercy. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And the mercy, all these are important because this is all, we're all the body of Christ, right? All this is important in the kingdom of God, right? And by the way, whatever you are now is what you're going to be when you die. In the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not going to change the gifts, the charismas, and callings of God are without repentance. He's not going to pull back any of that. This word is eternal, man. These principles that you're learning now about faith toward God, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it's never going to go away. It's an eternal thing. When you pray the word, you're praying eternal principles. And they stay in the spirit, man. And that word and that life travels, man. Amen. It moves, man, because we're moving with God. So back to, uh, I was making a point over there, 12-4, there are diversities of charismas, but the same spirit, Holy Ghost, differences of administrations, but the same Lord. You see that? Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And then he says there are differences of administrations, I'm sorry, verse 6, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worked all in all. In all. So you got the Holy Ghost, you got Jesus in administrations, and you got God the Father in operations. You got the Trinity right there. They are spirituals. And then Paul says, but, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit. This is where we get into word of knowledge, right? Uh, faith, etc. To another, the charismas of healing. There's different ways that God ministers healing to our lives, right? Uh, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning spirits, etc. There's nine different uh, manifestations there. The word uh, but the manifestation is the Greek word phanerosis. Phanerosis simply means from the root word light. Whenever there's the light of the God's Holy Ghost coming forth out of your spirit, he makes something known to you. This brother needs whatever. He, he needs this. That's the light of the presence of God coming forth. Mm. Amen? And these are called the manifestations. So Paul, he lists all that, then he says, but. In other words, but in conjunction to what I just said. Now I'm going to talk about the spirituals again, the Holy Ghost. And it's nine manifestations, but one Spirit of God. It's not nine things that he, you know. So anyway, and the differences of administration, where he talks about that is in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 4. And he gave gifts unto men, right? The word gifts over there is doma. Doma means to make a gift of a gift. Jesus Christ takes himself and gives himself to a man. 
and prepares that man as a post-preparationship teacher for the working of the ministry. In other words, to give back to the people the things that they need so they can be edified and strengthened and grown up and come into their strengths. And we just keep repeating the pattern over and over and over, making disciples. But I said all that to say that everybody has a different operation. Amen? You have a different operation, how you function, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody is the same. And it shouldn't be that way because God doesn't want clones. Amen? And you see that in the Babylonian system. You see the man of God, right? You know, and then you see all the other brothers and stuff. They're dressing like him. You know, they're trying to be like Mike. <laughs> and the point is, is that God doesn't need that, man. He needs you to be who you are. He needs to understand where your graces and your charismas and your domas are in your life. And come into that strength and begin to do your part. Amen? Yeah. All right, so John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue, if you me know in my word, in other words, if you stay in a given place, stay relation or expensive in my word, Logos, then are you my disciples indeed. You have to stay in that word, man. The word, and by the way, if you look at the world, and Brother Daniel read it so clearly over there in Proverbs, you know, where's the world at right now? Where are the, where are the righteous ones at, right? And so the point is, is that the world, as I read, as sharing with Brother Kobe earlier, that say you to the righteous, it shall be well with them, but woe to the wicked. See, the righteous are the ones that are under the blood of Jesus Christ, amen? Wanting to follow God in every facet of their lives. But those that are wicked, man, they could care less. And yet, look what's happening in their lives, man. Man, I'm telling you what, if they didn't believe in God, I guarantee you they're trying to turn to somebody. That's why they need me and you to grow up in maturity and come into our place in the kingdom of God. The scripture says in Romans 8, 14, I think that's for many as are led of the spirit of God, these are the sons of God, all right? Sons is a Greek word, weos, which means fully mature. Jesus was the son of God, the weos of God. He came to maturity. And when he did, guess what? He was destroying the works of the devil everywhere he went. Because he understood his part and his place in the kingdom of God. And then he says, so like I said, and many Jews believed on him. And if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And again here, we get this all twisted up, thinking that it's about information that I'm trying to pick up and learn. No, it's learning the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. That's how you're going to be free because he's in the spirit realm it's all about freedom in God right it's not about being bound up by the devil anymore and verse 34 he says he that committed sin is a servant or a slave of sin and the servant listen to this verse 35 abideth not in the house forever but the weas the son abides forever meno forever so he says, the servant abideth, meno, and not in the house of God forever. In other words, because you're bound up with sin and you're moving in your life away from God, guess what? You're the servant of sin. And the servant abides, you're not going to abide in, in, in the house forever. In other words, that person that's not getting that given, staying in that given place, state, relation, or expectancy is not going to be amongst the Lord forever. He's going to die out, in other words. But the weas, son, abides, which is stays in the given place, state, relation, or expectancy forever. Amen. Oh, amen. Now, verse 36, he said, if the Son makes you free, liberated, you're, you're free because you received Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus was the promise of God to our lives that if we receive the Lord Jesus, now we have an opportunity to come into our place. Because Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. He's not saying that I'm going to prepare a place for you, some big old mansion with all these beautiful cars. <laughs> He's saying that every one of you, my sons of God and my daughters of God, have a place and an inheritance in the Lord. When you find me, you'll find your inheritance, your part in the kingdom of God. You see? And in that, you'll always be doing that forever. It doesn't end. Because when we finally get to be with, with the Lord and stuff and we're in his presence, guess what? There's still going to be people that are, that are born again and they don't have a clue about the kingdom of God. They're going to have to get taught. Amen? Listen to this, Psalm 119, 105 through 7. Psalm 119, 105, 
107. I have refrained, refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep that word after the Spirit of God, you see? In other words, if he brings that word to you, then that's how you move. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me by the Holy Ghost, because Jesus said he's going to show you of me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jesus is the word of God is sweet to my mouth. I'll take it in, in other words, just like I eat food. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. The anointing that binds in you, that stays and remains in you, brings understanding. 105, he says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? And in John 1, 4, it says, in the beginning was, I'm sorry, John 1, 4 says, in him was life and the life was the light. The word life is the Greek word zoe and the word light is the word phos. So in other words, that life of God by staying in the presence of God is what brings you light, which means comprehension, revelation, understanding. Amen? So again, he says, um, the Spirit of God uses his word in my heart, and it brings light, comprehension, revelation, and understanding. So thy word is a lamp unto my feet. In other words, he's directing your life out of your spirit. And this is the place, again, where we need to always be at as far as in the presence of God. He said, I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I'm going to obey your word. And then he says, I'm afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. No matter what pressure comes, guide me by your spirit and by your word. In other words, obey the word of God. Obey in the spirit, amen. And so, in, in the process of coming to know the Lord and his word, you start learning how to work with the spirit of God. And the thing about it is, you know, you got people all the time that says, well, God told me. Right? Mm -hmm. But they don't have a word. Mm. And you got other ones that are saying, well, this is the word that God has given me, but they don't have the Spirit of God on it. You see? You have to be careful here in understanding how to move with the Lord. If God hasn't told us to go up, then what's the point of going up? Mm. <laughs> what's the point of moving on, on a matter? You see, you're going to be, again, listening to yourself versus your spirit. First Peter 1, 2. He says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. The word obedience here is the Greek word hupa ko, ko, koi. And it means obedience, compliance, submission. It means attentive hearkening. So like I was saying earlier about my sons, I saw them get that hammer off the truck. Well, they didn't even hear me, man. So they weren't hearing attentively. And see, again, it's the soul man that wants to check out, man. The spirit man, he's full of life. He wants to roll with the Lord, man. He wants to run. But our soul man, it takes time for us to catch up. And by the way, when the word of God comes to our lives, amen, we need to understand the way of God. And that first you see the revelation of the kingdom of God. But as you walk in it, right, you must be born again and you cannot see it. But if you must be born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter. So as you walk in the principles of the word of God in your life, you begin to walk in the kingdom of God. It's a part of your life now. And this comes from a Greek word, 5219. And that word is, again, almost the same, hupakau. But in this one says, to listen, to hearken. So, and then it says, uh, of one who on the knock at the door comes to listen who it is. And then he says the definition of the duty of a porter. Okay? And to hearken to a command, to obey, to, to be obedient, to submit to it. And the Strong's definition, he says, to hear under. And the under here is that the Lordship is Christ, right? He is the head of the church. He's the Lord of our lives. And what we're hearing is we got to hear under and be submitted and submissive with the right attitude, right? How many times have you asked somebody, hey, will you do this for me? He goes, okay. Man, where's your heart at right there, right? You're not wanting to hear under. You're not being submissive, man, right? You, you just, yeah, I'll do it, but I don't really want to do it. Let's see, that's an individual that's, that's by the way, that scripture I read earlier in James about a double-minded man is unstable, right? There, in other words, there's no consistency to the double-minded man. You can't rely on him. He's not faithful. You know, he doesn't show up. He doesn't pay his bills or whatever. 
And so, and the word in there, it says a double-minded man. The word double-minded is the word dipsukos, twice soulish. Have you ever met an individual who can't make a decision because they're full of fear? Like, I, well, I don't, well, I should, maybe I should, well, I'm not sure, but, you know, back and forth, man, just working in their, in their minds trying to figure this stuff out. And so in 1 Peter 1.22, he says, seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So he says there, purify your souls and obey the truth through the Spirit. In other words, the Spirit is the one that's going to quicken you. And you obey that word. That's how it brings sanctification to your life. Again, it's not about the knowledge and the mental sin of things that we have. We confess all these scriptures. It's about what are you saying to me in my spirit, Father? Amen. And then he says in verse 23, being born again, not a corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. So the very word that came to your life that caused you to be born again was incorruptible seed. That's seed, man. The scripture says that, that Jesus was the only begotten son of God. Only begotten is the word monogene. The only gene of his kind. Amen. And it can only produce Jesus in our lives, the kingdom of God. It can only produce that. It can't produce anything else. And that's called the incorruptible seed. And that's how we were born again. Amen. And it says, which lives and abides forever. Abide, again, is the word amino. To stay in a given place, state, relation, or expectancy. And again, so uh, obeying the truth. Obey, again, is the word hupakal, which means to, to listen attentively. And it comes again from that word 5219, which means to hear under. So back to the statement that I made earlier. Believing is hearing to obey. Amen? It's more than just, yeah, I believe. It's, it's, it's an action. In other words, there's got to be fruit as a result of your relationship with the Father and the Word. All right. Praise God. So your souls are purified and obeying the truth, man, through the Spirit. Now, Mary said this in Luke chapter 1, verse 46 and 47. Mary said, my soul doth magnify, which means to make greater increase the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. Even as the Holy Ghost glorifies Jesus, we magnify the Lord from our soul. It's the expression of our soul, man. You see, the soul is what brings expression to that very presence and life of God. And again, all of us are different in how we express, right? Amen. He doesn't want us all the same. He wants us to be all following Jesus Christ and learning your own operation in God. So we magnify the Lord from our soul in obedience, and therefore our spirit will rejoice in the fruit of a life shaped by Jesus. Amen? Amen. John 16, 8, he says, let me look at that one. John 16, 8. And the scripture says about the Holy Ghost, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of, and of judgment. Now, let me ask you a question. When he comes from where? From your spirit. The Holy Ghost is right here. When he comes, he comes out. Amen? The scripture says in Galatians 3, 5, he therefore that ministered to you the spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. You move by faith when you hear that. You get grieved. Something happens at work. Somebody's cussing. Or, or you know, you got an individual and he's being harsh with his kids at the grocery store, you know? Or, you know, whatever. And, and it grieves your spirit, man. You know, I, I'm quick to always say something to people, you know? I'm trying to teach them and help them understand authority and how the kingdom of God operates. And, and, and so he says that when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. So he goes on to explain there uh, of sin because they don't believe. So that's the, that's the message to those that are sinners, right? They don't believe. And by the way, it's not repentance from sin. It's repentance from dead works. See, Jesus didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinner. The righteous are those that think that they got it all together. Oh, I don't need God. I already know that, you know. And right there, they're in an attitude of their own souls full of pride and knowledge. And so, 
But again, the one that's humble, I mean, when you, when, when you talk about Jesus Christ in any given situation where you're at, work, store, whatever, you're singing a song, you're praising God, man, the people, you know, they automatically know that they're away from the Lord and, and their lives are full of sin. See? And so, anyway, um, so we must have his word in us so that when the Holy Ghost quickens us, we will come forth out of our spirit and reprove, as he says here, we reprove the world of righteousness, uh, sin, righteousness, and judgment. See? Uh, which comes first? Is it that uh, the Holy Ghost will have to convict you, or you have to have the word before the Holy Ghost takes you away? The word. The word first. The word. But see, it's a better. It's about which ground it falls on, right? Yeah. You have your shallow ground. You have your stony ground, you have your ground full of thorns, and you have the good ground. And the one that has good ground is going to produce some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold fruit. You see? And that's why, you know, a lot of us, we want to be saviors to the people that we know and our family members, right? But there's only one savior. His name is Jesus. And it's the job of the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to them. And the way it works is you have to pray. And if you get an opportunity, you drop a scripture. But if you're if you're trying to push it on them, right, and always give them the word, you're always more holy than thou or whatever, then they're going to end up, you know, it, it's like it's like trying to give steak to a baby. They can't handle it, man. Mm -hmm. See? Sure they need problem. milk, simple stuff, right? That's what my brother Jeff encouraged me to do. He says, Joseph, in managing your wife, understand how a farmer operates. And you've got to give her small seeds, man. Don't try to choke her with all this revelation knowledge you have, man. You're gonna, you're gonna, she's going to tilt. It takes a lot of energy to, to stay focused on the Lord. And uh, so the spirit of truth, okay, verse 13. And now when, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he's given us a pattern here. And I always tie this scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. Eight, we're talking about the manifestation. Again, the revealing. When the Holy Ghost is revealing something out of your spirit, it says, when he, the spirit of truth, is come. The word come means to come from one place to another, all right, to appear, to make one's appearance. So the Holy Ghost is the one that's appearing. Now, it, it may be just to you, but you've got to move in faith in what you're hearing from the Lord. See? It says, he will guide you. The word guide here is the word hodegeo in the Greek. To be a guide, to lead one on one's way, to show the way. Now, that word comes from the word hodegos, which means to be a conductor. Have you ever been in a train? Yeah. You got the guys collecting the tickets. He wants to make sure you're legit, that you're going from point A to point B, right? Yeah. And, and the goal is, is that he's trying to conduct you or guide you to the next phase in that journey. And that's what the Holy Ghost is doing in our lives. We're moving from faith to faith, from glory to glory, from strength to strength. You see? And the thing is, I was talking about earlier that, that the Word of God comes on three levels. Revelation, transfiguration, manifestation. First, you're going to see it. And then as you give yourself to the teaching and meditate on the scriptures and pray and, 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 and seek God, you know, Lord, show me a little bit more about this or whatever. And then it becomes understanding to you. It's something that is part of your life. Now, you stand on that. Right? Revelation. Transfiguration, manifestation. And in the transfigurations where you get an understanding, man, your mind is being renewed, amen. Romans 12, 2. And then the manifestation where it's it's where, as they said, of Jesus Christ, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Amen. Everything Jesus said was the word of God. Amen. And he was manifesting the glory of God on the earth. And the Holy Ghost was there with the Word working together, man. Amen? And the other way to look at this is 30, 60, 100. Right? Some sown on good ground, 30, 60, 100. Another way to look at it, Romans 12, 2, and that you may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. See? And that, so, so in other words, it's the same thing when you get trained at work on a new application or a new process. You, you, you go to the class, man, it's hard to deal with it, but you start reading a little bit and listening a little bit, reading a little bit, and all of a sudden the light comes on. You see it, you see? 
And then as you give yourself to it, to apply the principles, and you ask questions because you're not sure about this or that, before you know it, it's part of understanding in your life. And then, now they can come to you and ask you questions. Hey, how do I do this? Let me show you. Now you have, you're the word made flesh, in other words, in that principle. It's the same thing. So, 16, 13, so he will guide you into all truth. Now, guide, again, it's the word hodegeo, and then it comes from the word hodegos, um, which is the conductor or a teacher, and then it's the word hegeomai. And hegeomai, it's a Greek word that where there's a scripture of Jesus. Um, let's see here, Matthew 2, 6. Out of thee, Judah, shall come forth a governor that shall rule, which is poimeno, shepherd my people. The governor is the hegeomai. And and so the scripture says, I mean, the, the strongest definition, it says to lead, to command with official authority. That's what governor is. And so, in other words, when you're moving by the spirit of God, you're moving with official authority. Praise God. And so he says here that when he, the spirit of truth, will come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. Whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He's going to speak it into your spirit. And then it says, and he will show you things to come. Show is the word anageo, which means to announce. He wants you to bring it out. Whether it's in prayer, prayer first, you start getting the word of the Lord. And then, and then you bring it to the body of Christ, some of your brothers and sisters, etc., etc. And he wants this thing out. He needs it out here in the world, man. And, and that's how the Holy Ghost works in our lives, by bringing that word to us. So he's going to be the governor that shall come out of Judah, and he's going to rule Poimeno, or shepherd my sheep. You know, in Ephesians 4, we get the word pastor, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, in King James. But the word pastor is never used anywhere else in the New Testament except in that scripture. So in all the other places, it's always the word shepherd. And to shepherd is the word Poimeno. So it means... a. Uh, like I said, you provide them fodder, you provide them food, you feed them. Right? So anyway, Second Corinthians ten three. I'm gonna read this in the message translation. Where's our media people? See, I'm gonna tell you something. That brother that does the media, what's his name? Tall guy. Sukio. He's a scribe. Nehemiah. He's a scribe of the Lord, man. He likes to record. Scribe means writer. He's old. He documents, man. He wants to record the audio, the video. It's the same in order of my life. And by the way, Jesus said in Matthew 13, 52, this is what I shared with him last time I was here. When was it? Oh, where is it? Matthew 13, 52. We have to understand our graces, amen? And when you do, you, you know, at first you're not really too sure, man. You keep stepping out in the water and you're not sure. <laughs> But finally, you get some strength, amen, and you're not intimidated anymore. You just do what, what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1352 Matthew says, Then said he unto them, Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like an, unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and things old. And the word uh, scribe is the word secretary or writer. And it's not necessarily, one thing about a scribe, too, it says in the definition there is that because they're so associated with the Word of God, they can teach the Word of God. And in the Old Testament, it was the same thing. The scribes were teaching the people. Amen? And so it says instructed is the word here, matateo, which is worthy. We get the word to be a disciple. You see? So every scribe, he said, which is discipled unto the kingdom of heaven. And unto means uh, unto towards or for. The kingdom of heaven, towards the kingdom of heaven. In other words, unto the Lord. Amen. Is like a man that is a householder which brings forth out of his treasure things new and things old. So in other words, you can have a revelation that you got five years ago like this. I learned about this about five years ago when the Lord showed me about me. And now I can, I'm able to see it in another brother or sister life and share that scripture with them and all of a sudden they start to understand a little bit about what they are. Amen. So it's a treasure. The word treasure is the word thesaurus. Which is where we get a thesaurus. You know that big book of anonyms and synonyms? 
the big old dictionary looking book. That's what the word comes from. And so, have you ever had someone come over your house and you just got a new, a new, uh, new phone or new something, and you start showing them the treasure? You see. And so, anyway, I share that with them, you know, because I want them to understand that, that he's a scribe of the Lord. And by the way, every brother in the Lord—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Paul, Peter—all these guys wrote and documented these things. He was trying to tell them. Now, the other flip side of that is that he was trying to tell them that you're a scribe and son, because I've been instructing you unto the kingdom of heaven. I've been discipling and working with you for three and a half years, training you, teaching you. And so, uh, but then you also have the scribe of the world, right? What are they interested in? Their own glory, right? They're writing their books, you know, their love novels, their science novels, their fiction, whatever. It's all about them. And then you got those that are out there that are what's called Babylonian, which is the worldly systems. In other words, the Babylonian is, Babylon means confusion, right? And it's the world mixed in with the body of Christ. The seed is not pure, you see? And that's all that is, is Babylon. So every time you see Babylon, there's always something about it. That's why the world, you see, the thing about Christianity is God came down to us. He descended. But all the other religions and everything that's going on out there is people involved in their dead works trying to get to God. The order's messed up. And that's why he confused them over there in Genesis. They were trying to build that tower. And he called that place, they called it Babel, which is confusion. So it's the same principle today is that everybody's trying to get to the Lord on their own merit, right? Their own works, not submitting to the righteousness which is of God, which is Jesus Christ. Mm. And when you come to that rock, right, the rock of offense, the scripture says in 1 Peter, to those that believe, the scripture says he is precious, but unto them which be disobedience, that same rock has become the head of the corner. And it's a rock of offense to those that are carnal. When you encounter a, car a carnal brother or sister, they don't want to hear it, man. Who do you think you are? Yeah. Amen? All right, I'm going to read... Uh, one more uh, set of scriptures. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3, talking about the carnal man, right? Through 6. And this is out of the message translation. It says, the world is unprincipled. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. And the King James, it says, the weapons of our... See, the King James, it says that... Uh, 2 Corinthians 10, 3... For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So there, we need to understand that the carnal man cannot work and follow Jesus Christ properly, and therefore he cannot do the work of God. It's always going to be about him. And the thing is, the word war here is the Greek word stratomai in the King James here. It says to make a military expedition, to lead soldiers to war, to battle, spoken of a commander, to do military duty, to be an active service, to be a soldier, to fight. And then Paul says to serve in a military, I mean the uh, Strong's, to serve in a military campaign figuratively to execute the apostolate with its arduous duties and functions to contend with carnal inclinations. When you contend with that carnal man, he's so full of himself, he's so full of knowledge, whatever, you're trying to minister the, minister the word to him out of your spirit, man, and they can't hear it. They don't know how to do battle, they don't know how to fall in line, they don't know how to understand their place in this army of the Lord, man. And so, therefore, they cause a lot of confusion to the body of Christ. That's why it's called Babylon. And as Brother Jeff, one of my brothers, he says, baby land. <laughs> so, as verse 4 in the message, the tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers, erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into a structure of life shaped by Christ. And it says our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience unto maturity. Amen. Amen. Ooh, I can't believe I got up. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your words this night, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that as you as the scripture says, Father God, your word is life unto those who find them and help to all their flesh, Father. May the word of the Lord find us, Father, in our hearts, Father God. And may it quicken us, Father, as we understand how to work with you, Lord God.
The children of Israel knew your acts, but Moses knew your ways, Father. And that's what we desire in our lives, so, so we can learn how to operate with you, Father, and be successful in the Lord Jesus Christ. You got a question? Yeah. He, the question, he was asking that which one comes first? The what does God will convict you? Or the word come first? Or the spirit of God convicting with the word? Well, and remember, he's the Holy Ghost. He's the Holy Ghost, yeah. Right. But, so he's sanctified. Yeah. So it's so, the word that has the power to change us. Yeah. Yeah. But so it comes happened? through someone as they're moving in the spirit. Yeah. But what I want to say to it is like, is that when the word of God is even coming, the spirit of God is moving upon the word. Mm -hmm. So that is the yeah, reason why, the, like you said, the heart of man is like it's different conditions. Yeah. Some hardening, some rocking, some turning, and even the one that is set up, not all getting hungerful fish. So it's like, it takes, I believe, prayer. Prayer is, is, is the one that will condition the heart of the man come to be able to receive the word of God as he should receive it. Because our prayer, when we pray, is like the spirit of God go ahead to give the heart that kind of fetal, mm -hmm. that kind of fertility. Because we want that person heart condition to turn from the rocket to be that one of the what, of the fetal soul. Mm. And that's part of growing up is that learning how to sow the seed. See, because a farmer doesn't just throw his seed everywhere. Yeah. He's got to prep the ground first. Yeah. And I once know. he plants the seed, then he waters it, fertilizes it, oh and then keeps on nurturing it until that final fruit comes up into the maturity. And that's how it is. And we got to be wise, as he said in John 15, my father is the great husbandman. Husbandman means farmer. Farmer. Amen. And he knows how to plant the seed in our lives because the seed is what's going to bring the harvest. Yeah. You see? And without the seed of the Word of God, you know, that's why he sent Joseph ahead of them all. Because Joseph preserved the seed. And the spirit of Joseph is those that know how to manage the seed of God, the Word of God. As it says in Isaiah, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I might know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. You have to know how to be in season. You. And so, you know, before, you know, I mean, I remember in the past, man, I was just breaking bread all the time. I didn't understand what I was doing. I was throwing that seed everywhere. And yet the scripture says, don't cast your pearl before the swine. Yeah. I didn't realize that word is getting trampled, man. Mm -hmm. But as you grow up in the Lord and as, he, and as he maintains your soul and you keep that soul, man, reined like a horse, then you start coming forth in the right moment for their lives because that's when it's going to make an impact in their hearts and lives. There's hundreds of them that I want to share the word to, but their hearts aren't ready. They're just going to disregard it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's true. So true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why, as Jesus, you know, he came into maturity as the Son of God. And the scripture says that he wanted many we us to come unto glory. It wasn't just Jesus. It was Paul, Matthew, James, John. All these guys came into maturity, man. Look at the work that they did. Twelve men. Look what they did. And then Paul on the other side, like 13. Yeah. They flipped the world upside down because they came into maturity. Yep. Twelve men. Mm. Yeah, they, I mean, and they we want 10,000, man. See, the thing about it is, is that if we had 10,000, who's going to teach them? Who's going to train them? Who's going to disciple them? You. One person? Mm. You're going to be here. You, 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 you. Everybody's going to train them. That's true. See, the women, right? Teaching the young women how to operate and manage themselves. The, young, the men teaching the men how to be fathers, how to be young men, yeah. how to be husbands someday. Mm -hmm. You see? Get all those areas of responsibility down first and grow up. And then allow the Lord to, to bring you into your full maturity and strength. Amen. And, that, and so that make disciples is not just about getting them born again because that's not what it was at all. Mm. You see, because Jesus said, whatever house you enter... If they, don't receive you. if they don't receive you, take your peace with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You see? And, and that's the thing is that they don't know that they're, when, when they're doing that, disregarding you, they don't know that they're disregarding the Lord in you. So they'll wash my feet and then who's in the back? I'm talking to I'll tell you what, man. You know, that's one thing about that manifestation of a miracle. When there's a miracle, man, that thing travels 
all over that community. And there's one miracle, man. And, and I, I'm trusting God to see that day, man, when the people, you can't but acknowledge the Lord. I don't care if you're a Muslim, if you're a Catholic, if you're whatever. Buddha. Yeah. Let us just thank God. Thank you. I think this word is intended to also increase our obedience to obedience towards God. Our obedience towards God.